Welcome to Playtest Changelog, Episode 2. I'm Chris, your friendly game master and bumbling game designer. Today we're talking with Nora Blake, a game designer and friend of the show who makes a million games. Uh, she was especially gracious and stayed uh, for an extra long recording. I really enjoyed it, and I hope you do too. You ready, Introbot? Let's begin. Answered this exact question in Dust Wardens, which is forthcoming. Uh, it's on its fifth revision. It'll be done eventually. Someday. Um, I actually just need to finish recording the actual play, and then I can launch the Kickstarter. In the, uh, um, what is a role-playing game section of Dust Wardens? Which is the, the section we all skip all the time. <laughs> yeah, but I figured I needed to write one. Yeah, because, like comic books, every role-playing game is someone's first. Um, at one point I'm talking about, like, working together at the table. Yeah. And even if characters argue and fight, remember what the, G's in, the G in RPG stands for, game. It's meant to be fun and enjoyable for everyone involved. That's not to say things can't get serious in tone. They can, and sometimes they should. Games are not toys. They are structures through which we solve problems together. So that's my answer to what are games. They what are, are what are games. They are structures very... that we yeah. and that we erect around ourselves and we place ourselves into. They are constraints through which we solve problems um, with with limits. Right, which is a a very good answer to my my dumb uh, in <laughs> very mm-hmm. icebreaker question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, a, a big. When you're, when you're, I, I'm guessing that's the, the partially answer to my act, my first real question is when you're designing games, or it could be uh, when you're like looking at games you want to play or run, but specifically when you're uh, creating a game, what what is it you're trying to do? What's your what's the main thing you? How do you approach it first? Like for instance, um. I try I try my best to when I'm constructing anything to think what if if the player is trying to do this thing what is it they're wanting to do and then try to give support for that rather than uh, other things uh, or or like uh I like to de- I like to design games uh where your characters can be competent at what they want to be competent at mm-hmm. and also failure moves the story those are two very big uh, philo- sure. core philosophies for me. So, so in that line, what are some core philosophies when you design games? Uh, it kind of depends. Some of my games... Sometimes it feels like some of my games aren't meant to be played. But, yeah, they're, they're thought pieces. But in, in writing them and in constructing ways to think of things, I can make points. Yeah. Like, I... I wrote... Games can also be used to, like, process feelings. Right. Like, if you go through a breakup, and then you write a game about paths that you didn't take on your journey. Right. Um, that doesn't... That's not a game that needs to be played, but it is a functional game. You could play yeah, and that. And it's, uh... It's something... It, that one specifically, I like. Red seems to be a, a heavy word for it because the, the thing you, you you put it all on Twitter. I think it was a doc in a doc. I don't sure if it was in a PDF or not, but it was like it, it was almost like a what if what if a, a role playing game was a poem, right? Oh, that, that's how I read it. It seemed it seemed like. Yeah, I wouldn't. I probably huh. wouldn't play this game. It, it, other than I don't, but I don't play storytelling games generally. But uh-huh. uh, the idea, like, it's less what the, the it's less of a game and more like the emotions or, mm-hmm. or things yeah. you get while reading through the game itself, not playing the game. That's what some of my games are, and um, some of them are experimental. Like, 
I yeah. wrote a RPG that you can play inside of a one-on-one Halo 2 match, for example. <laughs> um, it's a hack of a horror game. I turned it into a romance game. Of course uh, you did. You should, everyone should read the game A Knife by Natalie, RPG Natalie on Itch. It's great. Um, I, uh, it, it hasn't came out yet, but I've, I listened to uh, a, a game design podcast that has Natalie mm-hmm. on it, and Natalie has very good game design opinions. Natalie's spectacular when it comes to basically everything. I realized when I said when it comes to might imply that she is not spectacular in all areas of her life, but <laughs> uh, she's a great game designer, and she has lots of great thoughts about tabletop games. Um... Anyway, knife, sorry. Other other things that I do when I design games, it's like it depends on what game it is and what prompted that game. Um, yeah, I think I think the the like when asking that question, my brain was thinking from my perspective, whereas your perspective is that you've made ten thousand games. <laughs> so obviously, <laughs> I, I I write a lot of small games, and so yeah. each one is coming from somewhere different. Um, facade was it started out as I want to make a game about vampires because no one's making any RPGs about vampires right now. Just there's just no vampire RPGs coming nope, out. Never heard of one. Never heard of any. Nope. Uh, and then I realized, um, in I actually wrote a, a medium thing about this. Um, I had a moment in a Monster Hearts game where I it like crystallized for me how vampires as trans people is as is, is such a good metaphor for me personally yeah um and so i i started leaning in that direction with the game and facade ended up being this very deliberate uh exploration of how it can feel to have all these different expectations placed on you as as a certain type of person and they are all contradictory and they are all like expected with sometimes like dire consequences and uh that is a lot heavier than the time that i wrote a game about zombie pterosaurs fighting (laughs) against scientists because they they want to be called dinosaurs and the scientists decided that pterosaurs aren't dinosaurs that's a i mean that's a good game too though so um we're doing a lot of game jams uh the rpg design friends are doing a game jam every month and so for those games, it's like, what's the prompt? Um, yeah. And then, like, sometimes it'll just be, oh, I have this weird mechanic. I want to see what I can do with it. So, I, I'm kind of yeah. all over the place, and I don't really have a good answer for you. That that last one you say, the, the, I, think, I think of a good, a cool mechanic, I want to see what I can do with it, is pretty much what birthed this thing I'm making now, which is like, uh, I bet I could do something better than I was mm-hmm. like. I can't even remember what game I was playing, but I'm like, this is there's something here. But it's, I think I, I think if I change this, this, and this, I can do something better well, with it. Judging by like what game you're working on, was it like Scum and Villainy or something? No, uh, it was so uh, it it was kind of a cross between Ryutama, uh, and because uh, I liked Ryutama a lot. There's a lot of things about mm-hmm. Ryutama that were great. Uh, but specifically, I like the fact that you socket your um, dice into into your stats, um, and that it was simple and easy to pick up. For, like like sa- not, like Savage Worlds. Yeah, kind of like Savage Worlds, uh, except you ro- except it's two dice instead of like I know in Savage Worlds you get like a d a d six all the time, and then your skill is a different one. This one has character. Anyways, it's also the simplicity of it, which I've kind of I've kind of fucked up the simplicity. I'll I'll get back. I'll get back to the simplicity. I promise. Here, I will. Oh, you want you want to know my actual take on like what my flavor of game design is? What's that? It's always how can I make it smaller? Yeah. How can <laughs> yeah, like, I have... like I I took the powered by the resist the spark by resistance is what it's called. Um yeah. it's the resistance toolbox. It's what ascendancy uses. It's what I guess uh, the Spire was the first one. Uh, Ascendancy is a better game than that by a long shot. Uh, everyone should go fire, go go follow Ruby on Twitter at Iron Spark Cyrus and and get that good Ascendancy content. It's real good. Uh, anyway, uh, I will plug all of my friends in this podcast. <laughs> by fine. the way, because my friends are my power. 
It's okay. The, 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 the bad thing is I have no audience. I won't have an audience for a long time. So it's fine. I'm sorry. Listen, you have <laughs> you have me on it. So when I yeah. tweet about it, you'll have more of an audience. There we go. Awesome. Thank you very much, Nora. I appreciate your signal. I, I do love to help out the little people. You know. Yeah, I am. I'm so small. I mean, not physically. I am. I'm a you're, large hairy person. You're an imposing figure. <laughs> um, no, I wouldn't say that. I'm pretty meek. Um. So, I okay. Last anyway, game design. Anyway, my oh, my point was that the resistance toolbox uses D10s and all those other all these other mechanics, and I axed all of them and made a system that I've now used in other games called facade dice, um, which just have D6s. You could just make any game work with D6s, and I only design games to work with D6s. Uh, when when I'm making smaller games, I I think D6s. I think if you can. If you can make a game using just D6s, you should, uh, because it, it makes it so much more accessible because everybody has D6s. Yeah. Also, D6s is a very uh, simple, like, I think part of the reason Powered by the Apocalypse works so well is, like, everybody, un- like, conceptually understands a D6 immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and it's not like, oh, people can't grasp the idea of fucking two less sides or four more sides. It's just that, like, when you see a D6, you don't think esoteric fucking nerd nonsense. You think, oh, that's for games. But also, like, if it's a six-sided die, you can get away with your rules text just saying dice. Yep. And you don't need True. to worry about it. You don't need to, like, you just, like, I have a note in Wands in the Ether, uh, like, in the, in the, like, boilerplate facade dice mechanic explanation it says anytime i refer to dice i'm talking about six-sided dice and then i just say dice for the rest of the of the the game i don't have to like worry about not being misinterpreted or anything yes very that's very smart much smarter person than me i don't know about that (laughs) i put my problem is i love I love I love all the dice i love all dice sizes and shapes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i just i want them all and I want to roll them all at the same time. <laughs> roll three d thirty for your stats. I I would. Uh, except I don't. I hate rolling for stats. I think that's bullshit. Anyways. <laughs> uh, okay, so now I'm going to subject you to uh, listening to me talk about my garbage mechanics. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I ran the first play test of Hard Space Hustle, um, and I know. Uh, uh, so so these are the things that I found very quickly was that uh um I found that See, we're already the, in uncharted territory because you you're what is this play testing? I don't understand. <laughs> you just write the game and put it out and then it's done and you don't worry about I it. I cannot I cannot do that, Nora. <laughs> I'm uh I'm a weird anxious nerd. I have to test it until it explodes and I hate myself. What's it um, like to edit your work? I don't understand what that process is. Oh, it's is. miserable. You're much, again, <laughs> much, much smarter than me, Nora. I can't stress this enough. I'm a fucking idiot. Dustwardness um, is the one that's taken the longest because I actually am going through and changing it and playtesting it, and yeah. oh, it has taken almost two years. Oh, man. Uh, whew. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, real talk, the biggest struggle for me is I'm already thinking about another game I can make with this system, and I've got to stop, but it's all I could fucking think about today was hey, this other game. there's nothing wrong with taking a break and doing a hack. Like, Dust Wardens ah. exists because it's a hack of a game that no longer exists. He said, no, but I want this one to exist. <laughs> yeah, you could do both, just, like... I will, I will. The other one will be, like, a backburner project. That what I- is it? Uh, it's, it's, so Quinn Wilson, <laughs> uh, mentioned doing a, uh, a Harvest Moon AP, and since that happened, I have not stopped, I have, cause I love, I love Stardew Valley and Harvest Moon, mm-hmm. and that, like, re- that, that, like, constant feedback of good things happening, and, and building towards something, and not necessarily having stakes, really. Um. Yeah, vegetarian gameplay, yeah. I'm yeah, and I've, I've been trying to think of, like, how I would do that, and something clicked, like, two days ago where I realized how I would do that, and now it's all I've been able to do in my head is, like, pull pieces and out and put pieces in, and it's, it's, oh, it's terrible. Anyways, this thing I'm doing, <laughs> uh... So when you when you succeed in act, well e- either way you roll an outcome die. I, I I've divorced your damage and your social damage from weapons 
because I wanted social combat to be just as robust as melee combat. And if if your damage is tied to weapons, what what what, do you, what the hell are you going to tie it to in in social combat? Well, in uh, in the Song of Ice and Fire RPG, um, you basically have the same system in, at play for hit points and the stats that drain hit points and the stats about like armor or or dodging or soaking damage and they then they take the, that exact framework and change all the names and have yep. it be like resolve and, and so that's that's, like, that's a million percent what i'm doing <laughs> uh-huh yeah uh, by the uh, way the song of ice and fire rpg pretty fun actually like i might have to look into it i'll just run it for mary mary fucking loves that shit like that setting is not one of my favorites but that game i kind of enjoy yeah uh, I'll have to look at it, uh, cause I'm sure it'll be great. I, uh, I wanted the Witcher RPG to be better than it is. Uh, is there's a Witcher think, RPG? Yeah, there's a Witcher RPG. I haven't read through it yet, but things, and it doesn't seem terrible, but it does seem a little OSR in time. Anyway, it's, it's well, not, it's not Genesis, is it? No, it's not Genesis. I don't know why I uh, thought it would be Genesis. Because Genesis would be a pretty decent base work for a eh, Witcher game. I guess. Anyways. Honestly, <laughs> if you wanted to play Witcher, I would recommend 3.5 D&D. Honestly. No, honestly. No, no. Honestly. Yes, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, but I will fucking not. <laughs> um, so, uh, you roll an outcome die, uh, and and I had it set to where everything had hit points, but if you wanted it to be something you can complete in one roll, the, the hit points were low, like four. So, if, if, you, if you only had a D4 in your outcome, you could still conceivably do it in one turn. Uh, that still felt like crap, because... People just rolled one sometimes, and that kind of blew, and it didn't feel great. Uh, so I've decided that I've decided to introduce um, a thing where if you if you roll uh, on your outcome, the lower your dice is on your outcome, the more the bigger concession the GM can ask. So in this instance, it was a player wanted to disarm somebody, mm-hmm. uh, and and luckily he did roll high enough to to knock the sword out of the guy's hand, but. Uh, if he hadn't, that would suck, and I realize it. So in this case, since he rolled a four, uh, in, uh, I would have been able to ask for a small concession. Like, okay, you're going to get to knock it out of his hand, but uh, he's going to get uh, get distance on you or something, get to move away. And then they can choose to let that happen or not. Uh, whereas if you roll, if you roll like a, a, a little higher than that, uh, you just do it. They don't get any concession. And if you roll really high, you get it and something else. I'm stealing. I'm obviously stealing from PBTA now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but it's a good. It's a good step up reward system. What like, the, the, like the PBTA is, do you have a hard set interpretation of like a three means this, a two means this? Uh, I'm gonna. So it's one to three is a big concession. Uh, four to six is a small concession. Seven to nine is you just do it. Ten plus is you do uh you do something and you get a bonus. And I'll I think I'll try to put like suggestions in there. But I'm I'm also not going to like middle manager players and GMs as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're if you're if you're interested in telling a good story with your friends, you're gonna do it. Uh, if you're not, I can't fucking help you, and I don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, I I don't make I don't I do not make games with like combative players and GMs adversarial uh, players and GMs in mind because I think my that, games um, aren't for them. The I think that is something that the aforementioned Natalie might have said at one point that you can't design around bad players. Yeah, and you shouldn't try. A lot of people try. Like that's why you get these weird rules as written. I cannot fucking stand these long blown out advice RPGs where they're trying to tell you, well, rules as written, this, this, and this. That's fine. You should know the rules as a GM and and, and hopefully as a player. But also, you shouldn't have a stick up your ass about it. Like, stop. Don't play with these people. If they're fighting you on all these things, don't play with them. They're bad players. <laughs> Whole... If your GM is actively trying to make your day bad, don't play with that GM. It's They're a, a bad game. GM. It's a game, exactly. It's it's a game. You sat down together to in to have an experience together. Yes. Ah, sorry, I got upset there. <laughs> oh, a hot takes about tabletop. Uh, just... <laughs> never done that before. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so that was I think probably one of the bigger changes I'm making. Um. Let's see. Oh, uh, so I have a, I have a, 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 an assist mechanic. 
Uh, and this is a mechanic is if you want to help somebody, you roll the appropriate skill die and then just give them half of that and they can add that to their skill. Uh, so you're always helping somehow. Um, but I realized like, uh, if someone used it and they rolled really high on their skill and didn't need it on the skill, but they rolled really high, low on their outcome. Uh, and so I've decided that, fuck it, you can add that bonus to your outcome too if you want. You can pick if you want to add it to your outcome or your thing. That way, no matter what, they are helping you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even if you fail, the high, if you have a higher outcome die, better things happen. Like, you don't fail quite so hard. So Should it, they have it, to make that have... choice before the result is declared? Nope. No. Okay. I, I, I understand why some games have that. I, I want this game to be a little more friendly and, and like... If you really want to succeed at something, you can. Uh, there's always going to be the chance that you fail. Like, if you roll two, fu- two ones, you're probably... If you roll two fucks... Yeah, if you roll two fucks... We can say fuck on this animated. podcast, right? I, I say fuck the, at the beginning. I, th- I'm, I'm, I, I tell you what, from now on, I'm just going to say fuck in the intro. Just to get it out. Welcome to the fucking... <laughs> fucking playtest. Playtest. <laughs> Welcome to fucking changelog. Um, so I had, I had a pretty Build, standard fuck, armor fuck, repeat. <laughs> I'm glad you know my tagline. <laughs> I love Tom <laughs> Cruise movies. Uh, okay. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, I had a pretty normal armor system where if you had light armor, it adds a difficulty to hit you. And if you have heavy armor, it adds two difficulty to hit you. Up to three. Di- difficulty are D8s. So that's 3D8 difficulty to hit somebody. What does that and, like, mean? That means you roll 3D8 and to get the total of them. And that's the number they have to hit to hit you. Uh, and then on their skill and characteristic dice, the maximum die size they could have are D12s. So even if you have a maxed out character in both skill and characteristic, they got a 50-50 chance of making a three difficulty roll, which is really steep. And I don't mind it being steep. Failure in this game still moves things, and you get a bonus for failing. So failure is going to be there. But in combat, that really sucks, especially since I say if you want heavy armor, you can just most of the jobs can just have heavy armor. So here's and the question. <laughs> Yeah. I know that you want to make this game friendly and that you want to make this game some a game where like if you really want to succeed at something you can make that happen. But I have a I my question is how does that interact with the like intended tone of the setting that you're setting up because when I think about like these t- these kinds of low I guess like low glamour sci-fi uh, yeah. settings, I don't really see that much like exemplary performance from the protagonists. So I- I'm curious, yeah. like how how do you intend to like bridge so, that? Gap? That was the original idea. Was you're going to fail a lot, and but the thing is, lots of players hate failing constantly. Yeah, I mean, uh, like it's like it's you don't even need to like fail. It's just like. So you need to. It's so here's here's how it happens. Uh, there are other things you can do other than getting hit or being hit or failing that mess your character up. Uh, so you could you could win every round in a fight. Also, also it, lowering armor like that means that the the NPCs are going to hit you more often too. Uh, so so there's going to be more action is the thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, and also, I I want things to move faster. Uh, like I don't want I don't want a, an hour and a half long combat. I want a thirty minute combat. Let me uh, hit you with this one. What about a six minute combat? If look, yes, <laughs> yes, uh, I'm into that too. It just just long enough to be interesting and dangerous and move mm-hmm. things. Um. Most of my art games don't even have mechanics for dying. Mine, mine has my, <laughs> the only mechanic for dying in this is if you roll bad enough, the option for the player to let their character die happens. It's just something, and it's not even—it's not even like you can't die unless you do this. If you want your character to die, your character fucking dies. But um, it, it's just—it's just there to remind you, hey, this is an option in this game, but the GM can't pick it um, because. Th- Character death is fun, and uh, in in some ways, 
if it's something you want to explore. But if it's not, it just ends your story prematurely. Uh, and this isn't a dungeon delver. This isn't a, a tactical game. Like, having that risk there doesn't really give you much in this game. So, it's not really there. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what I've done is, you're, and this makes it easier to do social, social armor. You either have armor or you don't. Uh, and there's no heavy armor. It's just you. You are. If you are armored, you get an, an added difficulty to hit you. Uh, and if you are guarded, which is the social, <laughs> just rub that name off. <laughs> put another one on there. If you're guarded, affecting you in social situations is harder because your guards are your guards up. Um, but it's also harder to sway people because you're not connecting with them emotionally. See, hmm. see what I'm doing there? Uh, hmm. Yeah. Um, I. I. Hmm. Hmm. A person who is very guarded can still be very charming. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gay enough to know that. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could still use subterfuge. Uh, so you don't you don't get a penalty to subterfuge. Uh, and there's another one I can't remember. Uh, so you can still lie all you want, or or mm-hmm. be uh, a, 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 a a charmer if you need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in mine, sway. Uh, is uh, ha- ha- carries some sincerity, some uh, some sincerity with it. You can't roll sway if you're not being sincere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, at least a little bit. Like you may not want to hurt them if you're intimidating them with sway. You may not. You may not want to the to hurt them, but it is on the table. Like you're saying, I will break your legs if you don't do this. If you're not gonna break your, their legs, that's subterfuge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're being sincere, you have to let your guard down a bit and you have to connect with them. Uh, and they have to, uh, they have to feel it. Or if you're like, I am, I promise you, I won't do something. You have to, if you're not, if you're not lying, you have to connect with them emotionally mm-hmm. to get them to believe it. Is yeah. my idea for sway, uh, which is why it's harder when you're guarded. What uh, are the characteristics in this game? Characteristics, uh, for for like uh, your your base characteristics, which normally be strength, dex, and everything like that, are uh, it's just it's just uh, mind, fitness. I might be changing that back to body. I just don't like body. Body's a stat suck. Fitness I don't like great. my body either. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't either. Uh, so it's mind, body, and charm. Uh, uh-huh. And then the outcomes are damage, persuasion, and effectiveness. Effectiveness I, is like building. Can't you, I can't believe you wrote a game for me where charm is divorced from body. Oh, of course. Well, I, like, <laughs> I'm... <laughs> but, um, um... Yeah, I'm just like... I was just thinking about um i haven't written a game with those kinds of descriptive stats in a while yeah yeah i i realize i'm i'm not i'm not breaking any molds here. <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's uh, fine i'm just i just need to like reorient because like i don't i'm not used to that like one of my the last games i wrote one of the stats is flirt <laughs> <laughs> uh in in the uh tiny game engine which is what i'm calling this engine in the tiny game engine of the harvest moon game i'm making uh i am i uh i listened to the pasiones de los uh, pasion de los pasiones uh mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. uh and they there's a move there where you get your bonuses from answering questions and i thought that was fucking masterful uh yeah and so for that one, it's it's for every yes you increase your die size or whatever, and those are your stats. Brandon writes good games. Brandon writes really good games. Follow Brandon at Doctor Captain Captain Doctor Captain Cobalt. I think he's great. That's all I really had to say. He writes really good games. You should buy them and read them and watch his streams on Wednesdays. Hashtag Latin Explosion. I'm sure you said something poignant while I was gone. <laughs> oh, extremely. <laughs> of course. Okay, back to it. Uh, I have. I, I'm gonna. I'm think. I'm trying to decide if I want to change their name to Shonen Dice <laughs> instead of Fate Dice. This is not really Fate, other than the fact that it's a D20, and I. I my. I hate D20s because they're too swingy. So I made them. They. I made them the most capricious die in the game. Uh, well, I mean. Do you mean it's not fate like it's not fate the concept or it's not fate the like it's not the game? It's not. It's it's also just not the tone. Like I don't. I, I think like, uh, I was just gonna say like fate dice are not a fate thing specifically. Right. I know. Uh, it's just that like 
if you want the game to be, if you want your character story to be about their fate or whatever, uh, I don't know. I, I just always think predestination sucks. <laughs> uh, sure. Especially in games. Uh, so, but I think it, I, I'm trying to decide if I want to change it to like Shonen Dice because, it's, but I don't know how. Like, there's a there's why a would fine it be? Line. Why would it be Shonen Dice? Because it lets you do ridiculous shit. Like, because because now it like up before this, the highest you could roll on something was a twelve, and with this thing, you can roll up to a twenty, which the game isn't designed for, so you can break the game a bit. Uh, well, like when do you use it? Uh, it's just you have uh you have a number of eight points equal to your your job level. Uh, and then you just spin them whenever, uh, and they refresh by following role playing beats or whatever. Um, are the what are those role playing beats? Are they different by class? No, they're different by uh, it's. Uh, I, I I do the uh, right now. They're just convictions. You write two convictions for your character mm, that can change occasionally, okay. but it's like it's like just some. It's, it's it's. They have them in a lot of games, but the game that I fir- first introduced me to was like aspects in Fate. Sure. Um, uh, so, so they're like rewards for, for what for like challenging and growing from your convictions, or like being resolute in your convictions. It's 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 uh, anytime you you let your convictions lead you down an interesting path, mm-hmm. or or anytime they get you into danger, or anytime you do something uh, spectacular to follow them. You could it, it's, you could call it the conviction die. I could. I could definitely call it the conviction die. That makes it a lot better. I I I probably go. Okay. Change log. Uh fate die are now called conviction dice. Uh, <laughs> uh so I've decided I like before you had to pick before you rolled it. Uh and now I'm just like, I don't know, fuck it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh just if if you roll and everything sucks, and you really needed that one to go because you're only most like at the beginning of the game, you're only going to have one, mm-hmm. uh, and it would really suck to just u- like use it for nothing. Uh, and it turned out you didn't need it. Um, so I, I want it to like sway things a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to let you pick to roll that. You can you can replace a die with that after you roll it now, and that might change. But for now, I'm I'm swinging. I'm probably pendulum swinging way f- too far into. I think that if you territory. replace a die after you rolled it, you should have a role playing thing about like, like what is it that, like what what is happening there? Because you put a certain amount of effort into a thing, or uh, or like you that. like you were competent to a certain degree what is it that you are doing or what is happening to change that are you retconning the result that you had before or are you like tapping into another reserve of strength like what's going on when when you do that very good very good see this is why i have smart game design friends on my change log change log episodes (laughs) uh okay you should talk to all of my friends. I would. I. I. So I put out like on the play. The problem is no one follows me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I put out like, hey, if anybody wants to be on this podcast on an AP or a change log, Erica will do it. Please tell Erica to D to DM me or message me you- <laughs> because I would love to. I would love to have Erica, everybody. Erica, aka at Fading Roots on Twitter, uh, creator of Exodus. Uh, the game inspired by Ezra Furman's Transangelic Exodus album um, is a great game designer and would come on this podcast. Well, uh, hopefully she will? Sure. Maybe? I'll have to, I will, I she's, don't know. She's a, full, <laughs> she's a full-time game developer now, so. Awesome. Uh, I would, I, we'll have to, we'll have to try to, I'll have to try to get in touch with her yeah. Later, uh, because that's the I would I yes I want I want yes, good game design people on my podcast. Well, um, let me let me give you a list. Okay, so you okay. got me I'm at the top of the list. <laughs> Nora Blake, obviously the top of the list. Nora F and Blake. Nora fucking Blake. That's <laughs> please the full name. Uh, <laughs> so um. Uh, so a lot of times, um, GMing, uh, 
you can get really bogged down uh, because you're already managing so many things that when you get into an encounter, managing all your different NPCs, stats and stuff gets really it can get it can get like ah this is so much to remember what's it like uh, to give npcs stats i how's I can't that hate how's that feel so no <laughs> so I, i've streamlined it a bit instead of having both weapons and special abilities so in this game since since your your damage is divorced from your your weapons the weapons and and dispositions which are, are uh social weapons um give thematic boons or fumbles so if you roll doubles uh, on any of your three good dice, you get a boon. Uh, if you roll doubles on any of your bad dice, you get a fumble. A, fu- a fumble? A fumble. <laughs> I uh, love space. So that... I love to look through the fumble telescope. <laughs> so, uh, for instance, like if you're dual wielding, rolling a boon will let you hit with your second weapon. Or rolling a fumble might have you drop your second weapon because you're going too fast. Uh, <laughs> that's, oh, Halloween is the... here. Do what? Palomi's here. Uh, <laughs> you said too fast. <laughs> it's like, oh, is Palomi here? <laughs> Other people can make those words. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, instead of instead of NPCs having a special ability for what their NPC is and weapons, they're just gonna have boons and fumbles uh, that that. I, that, you, that help flavor them like so a, a thug might have the the boon of they grapple you to hold you or that or like a bodyguard might have a boon of the next target against uh the, their ally targets them instead stuff like that uh just to make it more simple uh because their weapon doesn't matter they, who cares <laughs> um so in this game uh whereas like in PBTA games you got the GM moves section uh in this one you get the GM's toolkit and in the toolkit are tools uh and the tools help you tell um specific stories uh, and in this one they're all like shown in space anime stories so they they're like those tools to help you do that like they're the tool to explain to like give you Hints and suggestions as to how to run a beach episode for for, for uh, instance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a tool for how to keep them hungry without making them feel like shit all the time. Because like a, a, a trope of this genre is no matter how many how many big jobs and money they make, all that money is either taken away in penalties or spent repairing their ships, and they're always broke, just always dead ass broke. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, in a fun way. We got to make that fun. So yeah. it's, 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 that's your leveling up and, and thing at the end of a mission, uh, there are four options you can do to, as to how you spend your money. You can only pick one of them unless you make special, like there are certain jobs that can make you more money from jobs, um, which will let you pick. And it, it's no, there's no money. Cause there's a wealth. I don't, I don't want you accumulating wealth. That's, that's antithesis to this genre. Um, it's also immoral. <laughs> yeah. Also, I hate capitalism. <laughs> the the uh, the I, I thought of a new tool. This this had had nothing to do with uh-huh. the actual playtest, but I thought of a new tool, which is the next time on. I think it would be cool if to give the players some agency in where the story is going to go, and, and by doing that, I'm going to have them roll one of their characteristics: mind, uh, fitness, or charm. Uh, and then based on how high or low, it's all good. Uh, but a low result means you have to describe your character in a shitty situation in the next in the next episode, the next session, um, and, and keep it vague so the GM has something to work with. But it helps you introduce things like if you wanted to be in a certain spot, you would describe yourself there, uh, and you'd be in a bad situation. Um, uh-huh. And then you get uh, with with roll, low rolls. It's once you get to that situation, you get a bonus to help you get out of it. Uh, and if you roll high, you describe yourself uh, triumphing or or something, um, and then until you get there, you have a bonus to do things that would help you get there. Uh, uh-huh. And then and then since the GM has all this at the end of one session, uh, they can they can help mold their story the next session with mm-hmm. pl- like player feedback. Cause the thing I always hate is like, do you guys have fun? Is there anything you want to keep or you're like, no, it's fine. Everything was good. That doesn't fucking help me tailor this game to you motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so this is, this is that. And I think it's a nice trope from anime is like next time on. And then like, 
the characters will tell you like vague things about what's going to happen next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I added that tool. That's pretty uh, cool. Thank you. Uh, and now uh, the the we're almost done. These are I, so I had four players for this playtest, so they get to test four jobs. They tested the heavy, the agent, the master, and the AI. Uh, and so I've learned some things in there. The heavy obviously does not get like I took away their heavy armor, uh, and then I took away heavy armor in general. So the heavy no longer has heavy armor. Uh, because that sucks. Also, the heavy gets better as they take damage, so having heavy armor kind of sucks, because you never get hit. Um, Why does the heavy get better as they get damaged? Because it's the the anime trope of of the guy who gets beat up, uh, and then through force of will. It's, it's, um... uh, Did you ever watch Outlaw Star? Nope. Okay. Uh, Did you ever watch Cowboy Bebop? Nope. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, though. Uh, like, uh, the heavy is just someone who can wade into a battlefield and just hex a people, heck people up. Uh, they're gonna hex people. They're gonna hex people. They're witches. Ah. Um, and so, also a, part, a big part of this game is I want I want the jobs to fundamentally change how you interact with the game. So most most people would be like, don't I don't want to take damage. That sucks. That's how I get knocked out. Whereas the heavy is like, yes. Let me, I w- Fuck me up. <laughs> Fuck me up, daddy. Uh, <laughs> okay, so then... Uh, so how much space magic is in your game? There are uh, three three jobs that have it inherently. Or not inherently. Three. There's one that has it inherently, and two more that you could you could make those, those choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, but technically, everybody has access to it. If you want to put points into your Aethergy skill, you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, the way Aethergy works is uh, it, it's kind of because it, it's a it's a stat it's a it's a like I'm not gonna make up a bunch of fucking spells for you to cast. Um, mm-hmm. You can just say what you do with it, but that makes it an everything skill. So the the balance there is every time you use it, you take half of your stress. Uh, so you you have a hard limit as to how many spells you can cast, but it can be used for almost anything as, mm-hmm. as long as you describe it. Uh, and technically, everybody has access to it. If you don't want your character to have that flavor, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so lots or none is the answer. <laughs> Good. As to how much space magic there is. Good. Uh, if you if you pick the Aetherge class, Aetherge, uh, then there's shitloads of it because now there are very uh, Aether-rich areas that people congregate to to try to condense it into aether crystals it's real mm-hmm. it's real final fantasy nonsense listen um, i just started playing final fantasy 14 <laughs> so fuck me up with those crystals baby <laughs> uh so the agent class the agent job fuck i said class the agent job uh i love final fantasy Jobs. i'm getting yeah i'm getting rid of their option to have armor at all um they they don't feel like that kind of I mean, you can still get armor. You just don't start with it, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I, I I made it. I just corrected an error, and I forgot to give them wealth as a stat, uh, uh, as a job skill. Uh, so they have that now. And the reasoning is the agent act like unlike all these other scrubs, the agent technically has a day job. Uh, <laughs> so they mm-hmm. just have more. They had they had understand portfolios and IRAs and stuff, so they know how to manage their money a little better. Um, it's them and the AI are the only ones with the wealth wealth at the job skill, and the AI only gets it because they have calculators and stuff mm-hmm. in their head. Um, so that brings us to uh, so so the AI. Uh, I've decided so you can pick what your the AI is the ship basically. Everybody, get, all groups have a ship, and and if you if you have an AI character, that character plays the ship. Uh, but that would obviously suck. If they're not in the ship, uh, so the AI has uh, avatars, either little pillbots or sentry drones, or uh, I'm trying sexy to think of a third option. What sexy ladies? You can describe them however you want. You get that's you're in charge. Uh, of that. If I want to be a robot sexy lady, can I be a robot what? sexy lady? You can't be a robot sexy lady. You can be a robot sexy ladies. Uh, oh, I can be multiple. Have, sexy you can have, ladies. yeah. You have as many as you have uh, uh, hit points. Sometimes a girl <laughs> is seven girls. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Call me so... Polycule. 
<laughs> that's good. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, Polycule so... is a superhero OC that I have who uh, makes copies of himself. Ah, perfect. That's a that's a very witty name. <laughs> uh, so I, I found the problem of having having the AI have a a set skill list, job skill list, kind of sucked because like if you picked pillbots, you wouldn't have a weapon skill really. Uh, but if you pick sentry bots, you need one. So you were stuck with either not being able to use your, not not being able to have a high weapon skill as a sentry bot, or having a weapon skill and not knowing what to do with it as a pillbot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've 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 made it a little modular where you get you get six job skills, and then your seventh one is determined by which uh, um, avatar you pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then then it brings us to the master, which is the one I've changed the most because it was the weirdest. First off, change its name. Uh, so A through G was originally based on the, the Tau magic in Outlaw Star, but that's a little too appropriative for my white ass. Mm-hmm. Um, so I changed that to A through G. And then while I'm going through this, I, I I realize like, oh, I've got I've got a job called the Space Samurai. I mean that's awesome, and I like went back and forth on. It. I'm like, oh well, you know they have street samurais in uh, and Shadowrun, Shadowrun, and then I'm like, mm, I don't think Shadowrun's the best <laughs> Shadowrun role model, <laughs> well known as a role model for uh, cultural appropriation. Actually, right, um, Dia Lucina has written a lot about uh, how about her experiences playing Shadowrun as like a native person, and yeah. uh, her writing is very good. So. Um, that's actually something that might be interesting to read, but, but for this, Definitely. I agree that the Space Samurai was probably, probably should be chained. Yeah, I really tried, because Space Samurai is very evocative, and I was like, I, my brain was trying to come up with reasons to keep it. I was like, t- oh, well, L5R still has, L5R has, like, like, that's just appropriate, and like, that's still not good, Chris! That was still probably written, written by... Fuck it. It's I'm white. I can't do this. You're just as white as a person who made L5R. Yeah, I know, but I don't feel it's entitled. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, like um, it's why you make up your own word, like Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I, I was trying to think of something that was as evocative as Space Samurai because that's what it is. But we don't. I'm trying to think. I was trying to think of something that didn't need. Well, I yeah. I, I landed on master because it is a and and that also adds up adds it because you're a master swordsman or you're a master of whatever. Uh, but it also adds I'm gonna add a new option in where where like you have an art craft that you could pick too. So you could also be a master calligrapher or painter. Or can like I? There's this. Can I add it? Can I? Can I pitch you another name? You can, but I might cry. <laughs> well, I'll be gentle. Okay. Paragon. I feel like that gives I so you're not wrong that 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 like does hit the code bound aspect of it, uh, but I feel like it still gives Paragon. I think maybe because I play too much fucking Mass Effect. Paragon to me means someone who obeys. Uh, no, that has nothing to do with what the the per- word Paragon just means like the best version of something. Yeah, but also like let me hit you with this Ace. Paragon's not terrible. What Ace? Ace. Um, I don't like Ace because Ace implies pilot or uh, Ace trainers from Pokemon. <laughs> uh, I think I think I'm gonna I'm gonna roll Paragon around in my head because right. the more I think about it, the, the less I hate it. <laughs> Good. Um, that's how I do. That's how I like people to think about the things that I say. <laughs> uh, so I'm changing. Uh, I'm changing the Master or Paragon uh, to where they have a third conviction that doesn't change, and that is their code. Uh, and you can change it. It's just, it's just a part of, like, it, it would have to be something major, a major shift in your character's outlook on the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the other convictions can change once a session, and ha- one of them has to change every time you level up, which felt a little weird for a character that was supposed to be following a code. Uh, and I do want them to be able to modify it, but I don't want it to be quite so loose. Mm-hmm. Um, you is this a game that will include a setting? So yes and no. So I've got uh I've got the the toolkit for the GM toolkit for each job adds a thing to your world that you need to flesh out that'll help you um like make that character make sense in your world. Um 
and that's that that's especially good for if you're using your own system i will have a a setting because i was thinking you should have um for that third conviction you should have some in-universe examples because yeah. like in D D with the paladin they have oaths written for the three oaths and of course yeah when i played uh my my paladin um amy wrote a whole ceremony for it uh when when running that game and in like incorporated some of the bits of that that passage into the like the big ceremony that we did in our game but it was good to have like that sort of baseline yeah uh yeah and i'll definitely like that's a that's um matt who was playing uh that that job uh had suggested something similar and i will get around to that it's just uh as of right now it's like a, a i'm trying to keep it i i haven't said i haven't decided how I all the things I want in my setting, so it's kind of like I'll get to it. Is the point? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is the first revision. Um, uh, oh, and, and I, I've changed one of their job skills from Aethergy, so they so they have lost their Aethergy job skill, Damn. and they're and they're getting the craft job skill Damn. to to uh, emphasize that master of an art. Also. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, like I, I, I like the fact that the Aetherge is the only one who has it as a job skill. Like the person who dedicates their life to it, because mm-hmm. it is weird and esoteric and hard to master. Um, hard to what? Ma- master. Hmm. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> that's it. That's the end of my change log. I did it. We did it. Thank you, Nora, for <laughs> for just. Being here, <laughs> being well, you you also gave some pretty good feedback. I hope I did, which is uh uh more than I like. I don't want to set that as a like I I don't, I don't want people to think they have to like I, I don't, people don't even have to be game designers to be on changelog. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you'll just let anyone in here, huh? I see how it is. I, it's just someone who cares about this sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um, so uh like Matt will be on here eventually. Matt's hacked a few games, but Matt's not. Matt has not designed his own game yet, but he loves game mechanics and stuff, so he'll be on here eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, as, as, a, as a parting thing, if you could get rid of something in modern day game design, or for, like, ha- have people pay more attention to in modern day game design, what would it be? <sighs> Basically, how do we make modern day gaming better for everyone? For you. <sighs> okay. <laughs> should have uh, should have given you some warning for this. No, one. it's just I'm trying to figure out which answer I'm gonna give here. Um. <laughs> we have the ability to make this space way better than it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um. And there are people who should not be in the tabletop design space mm-hmm. who have persisted among these crowds because they are protected despite their offenses. Mm-hmm. And if we could stop doing that, if we could stop putting people on pedestals and and excusing their behaviors and like excusing their even like just egos you know mm-hmm. um we could make this space a lot more welcoming and a lot more uh innovative if we could stop just like clinging to these 30 plus year old white dudes some of whom are like just really shitty and still get to like hang out or or people and people who like aren't themselves toxic or harmful but who have no intention of like calling that out either the people who like just sort of stand by and or or actively defend people the people who give herd immunity to these people yeah when when you have a platform and you 
you defend some something or somebody that's like you're doing a lot more than just defending them and yep. if we could if we could reimagine the structure of design spaces and and just topple these idols and and hold people accountable for the things they do and the things they defend this is not like you know you said a dumb thing on a podcast six years ago so now it's time to 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 shun you out of this space forever but like yeah you know yeah so there's a difference between fucking up and realizing you fucked up and mm-hmm. being better. Yeah. And saying you fucked up and not changing. Or like... Or not even saying you fucked up. Or... Yeah, like... Or like changing. Like having yeah. the... Having the... the Being called out on something and like reacting poorly to it. And then later going along with what the criticism told you to do. Uh, but not actually like acknowledging it. Yeah, like like when you when you when when certain people are like apologetic because they were caught up in a a a backlash rather than because they actually feel that they have done wrong. Right. And, Which is a, a huge problem in our society. Yeah, and and I think that it's especially like the tabletop communities are pretty small. Yeah. And weirdly gatekeepery to begin with. Like uh the I've read I have not confirmed this, but I have read that the like sum total of profit made in tabletop games is about the budget of one AAA video game or less. Or like no, it was the marketing. It was the marketing budget for a AAA video game. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's um, uh... So it's like we have a a smaller thing here and mm-hmm. we have our our people who are untouchable and yeah. you know which the, is sorry the space that I that I hang out in the most is like this very decentralized community it's just a group of people who come together and we hang out and we make stuff together and there's there's not any of this like hero worship you know? Yeah. Like, certain people have platforms and money, and they get to sort of do whatever they want. Certain people have, like, hordes of followers, and then they get to, like, send out a half-formed thought and spark discourse across half of Twitter. Yeah. And if we could, one, root out the the people who have lingered in our spaces who are harming us, and two, restructured our communities to prevent those protections from being offered to people mm-hmm. like that. Then, yeah. like, imagine how many people have been, like, pushed out of, of our space already. And what, yeah. it, what interesting and incredible games or mechanics or, or just people yeah. uh, that we don't get to know about because... Of, of these of these issues i i just like you know clean house and then knock down some walls and mm. and maybe then we can we can get something better than what we've got which there's always room for improvement yeah hard agree that was a little rambly no no it's fine and it's it's very important uh the problem is like uh, because we have we as a community haven't been have like in the grand scheme of thing haven't been having these conversations very long. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the like you would just get shouted down. Uh, there's not any shorthand for it, so it's gonna be a bit rambly. But it's important to talk about. And it's also um, like okay, so I'm not gonna name drop these four people that yeah. I'm thinking of because like one of them will sue you if you criticize him, and yeah. and others are like, well, they haven't done anything bad lately. I- can I make a can I make a a a, a quick guess? Uh huh. There are all, you said four, right? I mean, that was a number off the top of my head. I'm I'm thinking of maybe. Right. 
the answer is the, the question the, the guess is that i bet you they're all they're all men aren't they oh absolutely <laughs> uh i don't know i don't know of any people who aren't men who are uh, like extremely prominent in tabletop i guess like the most prominent person who isn't a man in tabletop is probably avery alder yeah um and uh, then like in in my specific circles dc is very popular but like they're not a millionaire <laughs> you know yeah, i'm trying to think of anybody uh especially design space that that like i i the thing is i can i could i could name like 20 30 like give me uh, give me time i could name a shitload of them but no one else knows who the fuck they are even though they should Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I can tell you, you know, uh, Erica, Ruby, uh, you and uh, I Riley, already, already talked about like Takuma, uh, Natalie, and Natalie. Uh, yeah, you, Sasha. <laughs> you know, I I could go on and on about all my friends, and um... there's also there are like like semi like there we see there are people on their way like um, uh, I keep wanting to say Shannon Maynard and that's not it. Uh, she works for Monty Cook Games. Um, Darcy? Crap. No, Dar- so I was going to say Darcy next. Editor's note. It was Shannon Germain. Uh, you got Darcy. Uh, you got Cat Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darcy being Darcy Ross. I just realized I didn't give him last name. Um, <laughs> uh, but you've got, you, you've got these non-cis men who are... They're... they're they're at it's weird to say indie game level because they are professional game designers but like tri- triple i is i don't know how to explain <laughs> it we're, we're working we're working on it but there's no one there yet we, we've got all these people who are just like these fucking game design dragons hoarding all the attention uh in their game design it. dungeons yeah in their game design dungeons <laughs> and I, I don't think they deserve it i think i think you can respect someone's work without without letting them you've got to keep i don't know but like also i'm an iconoclast fuck things that already exist let's try something new but like also some of the people who are at the very top of this industry like put me in a room with mike merles and i bet i could design a better game than him yeah like I, uh... like i know that there 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 are the thing about those the biggest biggest games is that they're made with the labor from dozens, if not hundreds, of people poured right, into and them. and then one person gets credit for it, because their name's on the book. I mean, like, and there's no one author of D&D, but there's, like, no. lead designer, you know? It's uh, just that, like... It's so different. Yeah. I um I went to a, a, a comic convention and paid extra for a ticket to play a game, play a one-shot, ran by one of the, one of the designers of uh, AD&D. Uh, and he, it was a game he designed and was working on, and it was the single worst RPG experience of my life. It Damn. was boring and weird, and I, like, there were, they, it broke my rule to begin with because there were only men, uh, in the game, which I, I, I could see him not having, I don't think he would give a fuck, but even if he did, they were just selling these tickets to whoever would take them, so he didn't get to pick his group but it was it was just weird and and the game was boring and uninspired and just obviously D with all the dice other than d20s pulled out mm. and it was very adverse anyways it was and this was a guy who got paid to fly from california to the the ass crack of texas to be to run these games and then got paid to run these games mm-hmm. and it was terrible it was like Ah, I would play one of your games that weren't meant to be fucking played before I played this one. <laughs> play my uh, brain game. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I will not. I I spend most of my like ninety nine percent of my fucking daily energy goes into not crying. So fuck that. <laughs> uh, play my uh, right, re- I've... play my recursive war as hell mech game. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I have kept, anyways, I have kept you for entirely too long. I said this would be 30 to 45 minutes, and it's, now it's been an hour it's and 15. It's fine. I'm, I'm just gonna hang out and, and like, go play, play an MMO, because that's the kind of gay I am now.
thanks for listening. Thanks to Nora, uh, at Neither Nora on Twitter, for recording this show with us today. You can support her by going to patreon.com slash export audio for her podcasts, or to patreon.com slash Nora Blake for her uh, tabletop RPG. Uh, or you can buy her games like Facade and Dust Wardens, which we mentioned today, uh, on neithernora.itch.io. Uh, and as a personal recommendation, I would check out Halcyon Station. Uh, her Masks Star Wars actual play is pretty good. A uh, friend of the show, Riley, is on that. Uh, so go check those out. A big thank you to Matt Lee for making our intro and outro music. Follow him on Twitter at NiceWizardMusic. You can follow us on Twitter at PlaytestPod. Download the latest Playtest documents at playtest.pub. And find a link to our Discord from either of those to become a part of our creative community. And remember, we're the only ones keeping our community toxic by ignoring the terrible people using it to abuse people. I'm complicit, you're probably complicit, but we can be better. We will be better. Together we can do anything, even make our hobby safe, inclusive, 